Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Yes, sir. Uh, it's just breaking news now, and I want to read it, even though I don't watch the show. ABC has just canceled Roseanne, even though apparently it was a ratings blockbuster. She's, she has done something over the weekend. Oh. Uh, she has violated some uh, political sensitivity of some sort, and I wasn't going to even mention it. But now ABC has canceled the show, so I want you to print me this story so I can learn what it is she said. Okay. Wow. Or, do that right or, now? She, or please. Okay. Uh, and this this is a note from Barry. I just wasn't made for these times. This is at a taco place near Lake Street in Chicago, and it's a sign that says, please use gender-neutral terms when speaking to our staff. What? Yeah. Okay. I guess I just wasn't made for these times. I'll say one thing about the pregame in Vegas prior to game one between the Golden Knights and the Washington Capitals. Okay, I taped it, so I didn't, I didn't have the luxury to see it. I'm going to watch it tonight, but I watched the game. All pregame festivities mm-hmm. in any sport look like about as exciting as the 1956 Republican presidential convention compared to what they're doing in Vegas. There's no going back is what you're Maurice saying. Maurice Richard got out of his tomb, got on a plane, went down to Vegas and said, what the hell is this? What are they playing? What do they do? What is this game? Why is this like this, these people? You know, thank for even for, for some of his Stanley Cup appearances, they didn't go hog wild like that. Oh, it is just like so over the top. I'm excited to see it. It's just, it's just amazing. And... And the Knights are well on their way to winning the Cup, which is a hell of a story. We'll have more on that as the as the Stanley Cup Finals proceed. I was told by someone that the people that are in the biggest trouble are the smaller casinos in Vegas, where uh, people who were in Vegas said, I'll throw 10 bucks on a 500 to 1 or 250 to 1 odds, never thinking that Las Vegas was going to make it that far. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to pay out an enormous amount of money by taking those bets. Are the weather hysterians, maybe we're coining a new word, there's mysterians, yep. and then there are those who are always hysterical about the weather, climate. Are they more, uh, what alarms them more, I wonder? The fact that five weeks ago we had a blizzard, or that we're just experiencing uh, five, six days in a row of uh, temperatures in the 90s. And don't forget. And it had a chunk of soot alert. Chunk of soot alert. Yeah. What what alarms the hysterians more, I wonder? That's a great question because they would be, you know, there are two weather events where nature's bigger than man. It's going to do whatever the hell it wants to do. Let me look at the calendar. Okay. Uh, come on. Um, let me. Okay. This is uh, May 29th. One, uh, one, two, three. How many weeks ago was April 14th? 
April 14th. It was April 14th and 15th when we had the... Uh, okay, so let's go. It's Tuesday, so two. One, that's four weeks and five. One, about two. six weeks. Six weeks ago, we were digging out. Yep. And then on uh, Memorial Day, we had, we had a temperature of 100 degrees. What I wonder what alarms the hysterians more. In both cases, uh, I merely say... I wonder what the temperature was supposed to be. Right. I love this. Right. I love this. Well, you know what it is. You're listening to continuing coverage of Operation Stay Cool on the Garage Logic Radio Network. Monday marked the earliest date in recorded history, which only goes to about 1870. <laughs> there are a lot of years that went by there. <laughs> right. Monday marked the earliest date in recorded history that the Twin Cities reached 100 degrees, and only the second time the metro area has cracked the triple-digit threshold in May. The previous records trace back to 1934. Ah, So it's happened. Yeah, it'll happen. You can get hot. It's happened. If I had to pick between the two weather events, the blizzard of mid-April or 100 degrees on Memorial Day, I'm I'm I'll take a hundred degrees any day, anytime, anytime. Uh yeah, I think I would I'd have to agree with you. Because mm-hmm. there's so many other factors with the blizzard. The the hundred degrees just you gotta find some water. That's it. Yeah. Say, uh here it comes. Here, here's the story. Roseanne Byer was at the center of a social media storm. Social media is going to be coming up today in a very insidious way. Okay. Uh Roseanne Barr was at the center of a social media storm today after she sent a racist tweet that referred to the Planet of the Apes when mentioning a former top advisor to President Obama. Early on Tuesday, Ms. Barr posted a comment about Valerie Jarrett, the former advisor to Mr. Obama, that said if Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. What? What? If, if the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby, uh, according to Roseanne person. Barr, that, that child would have been Valerie Jarrett. She's Ms. Barr, whose ABC sitcom closed out a successful comeback season last week, initially dismissed accusations that the comment was, re- was racist, defending it as a joke. She also said on Twitter, Islam is not a race, lefties. Islam includes every race of people. Uh, Barr subsequently deleted the post about Ms. Jarrett and initially said nothing about the reference to the Planet of the Apes. About a half hour later, she offered an apology. I apologize to Valerie Jarrett and to all Americans, she wrote, I am truly sorry for making a bad joke about her politics and her looks. I should have known better. Forgive me, my joke was in bad taste. Ms. Roseanne uh, also said she was leaving Twitter. All right. Wow, that... uh... I wonder if they'll change that due to popular demand of the show. Forget, no, ABC, forget what her statement is. ABC has canceled the show. It won't be brought back. Huh. Interesting. I wonder. Well, that's today's news. Right. It's it, it's a minor, uh, it's a very minor earthquake in our culture, isn't it? There, uh, are, there are plenty of foul people out there who use Twitter for ridiculous reasons. And uh, I, th- I, yeah, it's a little over the top, isn't it? 
When you say of a black woman, she's, this is what it would look like if the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. I think you learned. I early, think that's a little over the top. Yeah, early on, you should know that you don't. That's not anything you should mm-hmm. say uh, on social media or verbally. That's a that's a no go zone. She's she's in the no go zone, isn't she? Well, okay, but let me. I'll move on because I really don't care about her. And I don't really what care much the, about TV shows. Okay, but what is the future? Did you watch it faithfully, by the way? I know we made a big deal of the fact that you were going to watch its debut. I, did I did you then it. watch Weekly? Uh, I did, and it was very funny. Mm-hmm. It was funny, and it's because it was so and it was a ratings. Collar. It was a ratings hit. Yes, and it was so blue collar. Well, I'll she, miss it. I the the act the players all had chemistry, mm-hmm. and you don't always get that. Mm-hmm. Well, but what's going to happen with future? Comedians. When is a comedian going to say something and they're going to? I mean, there's been racy comedians, and I'm not. I'm not trying to excuse her what she said here. I'm putting this in a different slot. What is the future of comedy? What you can and cannot say. When is there? When are they going to pull a comedian off and say uh, you can't say that? That's well, it's racist. already it's already happening on college campuses, for example. Uh, many, many very influential comedians. Uh, Seinfeld, for example, uh, if I if I remember my reading correctly, he won't even go to a college anymore. He doesn't want to take the chance. He just don't know. Well, you think of Eddie Murphy's old stuff um, in Raw when he's talking about the 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 gay guys and he uses the f word, and they're sitting on top of a I, that, going. I, I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. But but I, I think uh, I I don't think uh, a person of well I don't think anyone much less a person of influence should be referring to black people like this. this I is, would agree. 100%. This is this is what right. this is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And she's made a, a living being absolutely ridiculous. She's always you're right. She's always out there. So well I. But that's know, too bad about the show no, because it's, it's separate. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. You'll be all right. Okay, so Roseanne is going to lose her show because of a uh, of a of a preposterous tweet. What about Louis Farrakhan? <laughs> he he is the leader of the Nation of Islam. He has issued a call for an end to white men. We got to go. Oh, we're done. Okay, saying what? that their nature is not in harmony with the nature of God. So we're done. Okay, so that's pretty much it. He's basically calling it for us, saying, uh, "Yeah, whiteies, you're done." Right. Oh, Farrakhan went on to claim that white men had squandered the time God gave them to rule, alleging that they had chosen not to rule with righteousness, truth, justice, or fairness. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so what do we do? Farrakhan's message included a list of traits that he believed were in the white man's nature, namely murder and dishonesty. And he uh, added that while white people were slaves to their natures, what black people do is by learning from your master. Okay, Louie, all right. Uh, Not anybody's master right now, nope. 
Farrakhan also raised eyebrows earlier this week when he said President Trump is destroying every enemy that was the enemy of our rise. I don't know what that means. Okay, Louie. I didn't even know Louie was still around. That's two strikes against me. I'm the I'm a denier. I could go to jail for being a denier. Yep. And now you know you get the white thing going. You know, right. You know, what are you gonna do? This just in. Okay, have you noticed I have too much material? Yeah, but that's good. We we missed out on Memorial Day, so we've got we've got to catch up. It's Tuesday. I gotta remind myself. It's not Monday, it's Tuesday. The figures are in. Figures are in? The Super Bowl had a four hundred million dollar economic impact on Minnesota. For whom? Uh, uh, that's the takeaway of Governor Mark Dayton and the civic group that lured the Super Bowl to Minneapolis. On Tuesday, that's today, a private firm hired by the Super Bowl host committee released its study of the economic impact of putting on the nation's biggest entertainment spectacle in the middle of a frigid and snowy, bold north winter. You can take your bold north and put it where the sun don't shine. Glad that's just a, Those are the Dayton kids trying to capitalize on that and make money selling socking right. caps. Happy that's cool. B as in B, S as in S. Here are the conclusions from Rockport Analytics. Do you think the Super Bowl host committee was going to hire a firm that wouldn't have told him this? My guess, I would be leaning in the no column on that one. Just leaning, though. But they're, that's what they do. They're a Pennsylvania-based firm that has analyzed the economic impact of at least two previous Super Bowls. $450 million was the gross local spending. When you subtract money that already would have been spent or was canceled to make way for the Super Bowl, Rockport concluded a net Super Bowl spending of $370 million. That spending resounded through the local economy, said Rockport's Ken McGill. It led to a total economic impact of $400 million, he said. $608 a day was the average spending of Super Bowl visitors who stayed in town 3.9 days. Just How do you spend... Point nine of a day somewhere. Not quite the full. You check out a little bit. That compares to a typical metro tourist who spends about $124 a day. Hotel profits were three times greater than the previous year. $32 million was the extra amount of local and state taxes generated. We hosted well, said Maureen Bosch, CEO of the host committee. Okay. I guess it was great for hotels. Uh, okay, if As, they, and, and a handful of bars and restaurants. If they weren't for the NFL, because the NFL got everything free. Yeah. Imagine how much more we would have received had the NFL had to pay. But if a guy, did a guy, let's say you run a tire store on Rice Street. Um, you know, I, know, I, I know that these economic impact studies, they ripple through the economy. Okay. But did the guy selling tires on Rice Street, did he, did, did anything come his way? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, unless one of the limos. I, and I'm not suggesting, down. I'm not suggesting that a Super Bowl is, is in place to enrich a guy selling tires on Rice Street. No, but, but that's how they just, sell it. Why don't we just cut to the chase here? If your town hosts a Super Bowl, it's just really great for the hospitality industry. Beyond that. Right. Beyond that, who who benefited? Right. Did they sell a couple extra washer and dryers? No. At the, Why would the you come here and buy store? a washer and dryer? No, you would not. Uh, I'm trying to think what you'd leave it. T-shirts. Well, think of anything in the hospital uh, under the rubric of being in the hospitality industry: rental cars, mm-hmm. hotels, airplane tickets, food, 
alcohol. Uh, that's pretty much that's it. about it. And, and the so entire, I, I have no reason to to doubt them. If, if that generated uh, four hundred million, then uh, the hotels and the the hospitality industry had a hell of a week. But isn't the ti- the attire licensed by the NFL, so they still get a cut of it I anyway? Don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> this just was breaking on the TwinCities.com <laughs> website. I'm sure there'll be a fuller story about this, uh, maybe tomorrow in both papers. But uh, I guess the news is just breaking now that it was a very successful event. Okay. It's, uh, how do you argue with that? It's, I think everyone is always successful. But I still have it in my mind that way back in 91 or 2, when was it here before? Was it? The, yeah, the 91, 92. Is it January of 92? Yeah, so the 91 season in 92. But weren't we weren't we specifically told back then that each, there was a dollar figure uh, estimated. Was it like 300 bucks? Yes. for, for There remember. was a dollar figure estimated uh, to have benefited everyone who lived in the Twin Cities. Right. What, 300 bucks or so? I never got my 300. <laughs> did, did you? No, I never did. What's the temperature right now, by the way? 89er. It's 89, and uh, what, we're expecting some cooling showers later today? Well, I certainly hope so. It just... Uh, you don't I, like this weather? Um, Not for this long of a stretch. Oh, boy, I love it. I just love it. That being... Uh, Look out an old British car yesterday, though. Yeah. It uh, didn't like the weather. You don't like that? It didn't want to run. It just... Uh, <clears throat> it would die at a stop sign as though to say, get this thing back home. It's too damn hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, I don't know if I was vapor locking or what. I have to do a little homework. And... I had yesterday, we had gone down to the Elko flea market. Oh, God. And me. that was hotter than Blazes. But they still had good deals down there. Well, what? Do you, of course it would be hotter than Blazes. Is Height ready? Uh, actually not. Mr. Reavers I'm is sorry. pinch hitting is, for is Mr. Is Reavers ready? Yeah, he will be as soon as we get back. Our 375. Here's Chris Reavers in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. The Twins bounce back after a three-game sweep in Seattle to take the first of three in, uh, excuse me, the first of a three-game series in Kansas City. Weren't those disappointing games in Seattle? Well, they really were, especially on uh, what would have been Sunday. Barrios just goes out there and throws a gem, and then the bullpen coughs it up again. Uh, just a minute, Chris, yes, as sir. is our custom. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, go ahead, please. Yes, and I was just thinking about the comments you were making about the hospitality industry only benefiting uh, in the Minneapolis area, and I have to disagree with you. Okay. What is your disagreement? I thought about it logically. Pardon? I thought about it logically. Well, give me your answer. And obviously, all the people that work in that industry, maybe one of them might live on Ray Street and might need new tires. And all that money they made for them two weeks, they're going to go out and spend it on their local economy. So I think some of the money has to be a little trickle-down effect. Very good, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Uh, that makes okay. That makes sense in a way. It's a great sure. point. It's yeah. a great yeah. point. It's a, we, 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 us, us, people, pe- persons mm. made four hundred million. Here we go. Who's got it? Because I need some. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take 
The prodigal Where's son would like to take his share right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that final in Kansas City yesterday was 8-5. to five. Brian Dozier had three hits. Eddie Rosario had three RBIs. Miguel Sano hit his sixth home run of the year. Lance Lynn won consecutive starts for the first time in 10 months. He went six innings, allowing just two earned runs. Same two teams go at it again tonight. Kyle Gibson will start opposite Royals left-hander Danny Duffy. First pitch from Kauffman Stadium is at 7-15. Let's hope they didn't use up all their runs yesterday. Let's hope not. The Vegas Golden Knights opened the Stanley Cup Finals with a 6-4 victory over Washington. Thomas Nosek scored the tie-breaking goal midway through the third period. Riley Smith scored a goal in the second period and had his 15th assist this postseason. Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury is now 13-3 this postseason. Game 2 will be Wednesday night. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. from the T-Mobile Center. We were uh, gathered around the television set at, what would it have been, 6.50 or whatnot? Well, you had to see the pregame. It, it wasn't a kind of a. It was still good. Yeah, but the one against the Jets was. Well, that, you that can't, one's going to be tough. You, you to can't top. beat cutting an airplane in half with a sword. And that, so that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with the Capitals? Well, I mean, yeah, you, gonna, you can't. Uh, you we, take the White House. I mean, right, what are you going to do right. here? I was, in fact, I was wondering <clears throat> if they would do that. Probably wise that they didn't. Right, yeah. I think so. The NBA Finals are now set after Golden State bounced the number 1 seed Houston Rockets with a 101-92 victory last night. The Cavaliers and the Warriors will meet for the fourth straight time in the NBA Finals. Tip-off from Oracle Center Thursday night will be at 8 p.m. and you can hear it right here on 1500 ESPN. Does that hurt the league or help it? I think it helps it. I mean, Really? Well, because last year everybody said, well, you know it's who's going to be in the finals already. the fourth time you've had the same two teams in the finals. It, I guess it depends on how you measure success of the league. Because the the ratings from a television standpoint were as high as they've ever been last year All right. in the in the finals. All right. A Boston taking on uh, the Cl- uh, Clippers. The Lakers in the, what, 80s? I don't that know. That was always huge. Yeah, but, but that wasn't what I'm referring to. You've had- but you have the best team, I think in most people's opinion, the best team in Golden State. Against the league's best player in LeBron James. All right. So NBA got what it wanted then, maybe. I think so. All right. Very good. So uh, Harden stopped hitting threes, and that's why Houston lost? Yeah, they missed 20. What was it? They were 0 for 27 at one stretch. Damn, yeah. why couldn't he do that when he played the Wolves? Right. Uh, one more sports note. Go for baseball team. Won the Big Ten regular season title and the conference tournament. Now will host the first round regional of the NCAA tournament. They will take on Canisius at 7 p.m. at Siebert Field. UCLA will also take on Gonzaga right before that at 1 p.m. It's a double elimination tournament that will feature two more games on Saturday and two more on Sunday. If there are two teams left with one loss after Sunday, then a winner-take-all regional championship will be played on Monday. And they're playing to go to the College World Series. News notes from today. Another blast of heat with potential for scattered showers and thunderstorms later in the day, said uh, Ken Barlow from the KSTP Weather Center. This hasn't happened in May in Minnesota since record-keeping began in 1872. That would be six straight days consisting of 90-degree temperatures. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Was it 90 last Thursday? It must have been. I don't. Well, we'll find out from well, Mr. Yeah, Dahl. Yeah. Uh, a heat advisor, by the way, is in effect until 7 p.m. today. At least 4,600 people died as a result of Hurricane Maria and its devastation across Puerto Rico last year, according to a new Harvard study released today. An estimate that far exceeds the official government death toll, which stands at just 64. 
The study, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, found that health care disruption for the elderly and the loss of basic utility services for the chronically ill had significant impacts across the U.S. territory, which was thrown into chaos after the September hurricane wiped out the electrical grid and had widespread impacts on infrastructure. Some communities were entirely cut off for weeks amid road closures and communication failures. Researchers in the United States and Puerto Rico calculated the number of deaths by surveying nearly 3,300 randomly chosen households across the island and comparing the estimate post-hurricane death rate to the mortality rate for the year before. Their surveys indicated that the mortality rate was 14.3 deaths per 1,000 residents from September 20th through December 31st of 2017, a 62% increase in the mortality rate compared to 2016 or 4,645 excess deaths. Active Shooter, a video game that allows players to simulate a school shooting, prompted outrage in the wake of multiple mass shootings. The game is set to be released on June 6th and will be available on Steam, a digital distribution platform. Players are given the option to either be a SWAT team member or the shooter while simulating a shooting in a school environment. You might as well be speaking Greek to me. It's a video game that's... No, but the platform and the thing and the, you know... Well, what if you is have wrong a, with these video game makers? I have no idea, uh, but it's it's <clears throat> being... If know. I ever... He, uh, he would not, but if I ever found my seventh grader to be playing that, I would stop him and say, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Joe, how it works is you have a game console, whatever whatever you have, a PlayStation, I what have, have you. I don't have one. I'm just saying if you are someone that has what, one. What? I don't you, want You one. have an Atari... Yeah, I, I get that okay. thing. <laughs> so you can hook it up online, so you can stream either play play your buddies in a football game or what have you, and that's a, a, an outlet where you can download yeah. a game like this. Yeah. Um, but it's um it's met with wide criticism across the country, as you can both and probably and the great imagine. thing is you can play it in the confines of your mother's basement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a little cooler than the upstairs today. Uh, Joe, you've been asking us for a couple of weeks now. I present to you a possible candidate for a groin kick. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the audio, but I will give you the quote if well, that suffices. audios are crucial to the cricket. I know, but I do have the direct quote, and I, I found this in multiple spots. Yeah. The recently anointed richest person in the world, Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos, says we need to colonize the moon and time is of the essence. Why? He says we must go back to the moon and this time to stay. Speaking at the Space Development Conference in Los Angeles over the weekend, Bezos made the argument that in order to protect Earth and allow the human species to continue growing, we need to move much of our industrial activity to the moon, or even to asteroids. Mm -hmm. The 54-year-old billionaire said moving heavy industry into solar-powered space outposts is the only way to ensure that our planet can cope with the rising demand for energy and the stresses of a growing population. Mm -hmm. He says we will have to leave this planet. He said, according to GeekWire, we're going to leave it, and it's going to make this planet better. We'll come and go, and the people who want to stay will stay. He believes it will happen in our lifetime because... The human race has little alternative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that's all yeah. they'll play. This is the only song you'll hear. Monopoly 21, checkers and twists. Checkers and twists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fred Lassie in a breakfast mess. 
the guy that wrote Paul Early, The Population Bomb in 1968. Yes. You get a crackpot every once in a while, it says. <laughs> we got to, we have too many people. We got to build Speaking something. Speaking of crackpots, there. Michael Stipe right here, he fits in, doesn't he? Man, this is a great tune. Mm-hmm. You have any more news? The rash of restaurant closing continues, Rook. I'm sorry to report. This time oh. it's two St. Paul spots. Ward 6. I, the, oh, I can't believe this. You know what? I was thinking about this. It's Ward 6 and Fabulous Ferns. Yeah, Ferns Barn. And, and I'm wondering, I don't know enough about the industry, but it seems like the urban economy is pretty much based on these new restaurants popping up. Yes. And I'm wondering if that results in the fatalities of others. Well, well, Ward yeah. 6 is relatively, that's um, it's several. It's five years old. Yeah, that's okay. And I've I've been there twice, but hasn't Ferns been around for like two decades? What do they have an address for Ferns? Is that Grand Avenue or Selby? I can't remember. Selby, Cathedral Hill, right? Oh, yeah, okay, it's Selby, right? That's down been there. around a long time, and that's got such a neat building. Yeah. Okay, but it, here's my question: Is it the because Ferns has got they're solid? Is it the city with all these requirements? Are they driving these people and the newer restaurants out because of that? No, there no. There's new restaurants opening all the time, and I'm wondering if the if well, what five gonna, years, what you're going to have is survival of the fittest. You you're either going to have a menu that's going to win or you lose out. I don't. I've never eaten a Ward Six, so I don't Greenland. know. Uh, you would have loved it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's get the weather. Okay. You cannot stop it. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We have uh, severe thunderstorm watches just been issued from now until 8 p.m. tonight. There are severe thunderstorms already just to the west of Rochester, also out in west-central Minnesota. They're all moving toward the north at about 30 miles per hour. We're going to get showers and storms to continue to pop up the rest of this afternoon through this evening. Some of those could produce 60-mile-per-hour wind gusts and some large hail over an inch in diameter. Right now, it looks like the heaviest uh, is going to stay to the west and south of us for at least the next couple of hours. But then a pretty good chance we're going to get some showers and storms that uh, get very close to severe limits here in the Twin Cities as well. Two main clusters that are down to our south, uh, as I said, just west of Rochester. And then a long line from Alexandria all the way down to about the Worthington area in southwestern Minnesota. Those are the two main areas right now. And as I said, they are moving northward. The other thing that's going to happen with some of these uh, training thunderstorm cells going over the same spots, which is going to create some localized flooding. Street flooding is definitely a possibility as we go through this afternoon. Right now, we have a temperature of 93. Joe should hit a high today of at least 96. Southeast winds at around 5 to 10. Strong storms possible all the way through this evening until about 8 o'clock and uh, 68 for the overnight low. Tomorrow, showers and thunderstorms. Again, some heavy rain is possible, but I think the severe risk is a little lower tomorrow, 84 for the high. And then Thursday, partly cloudy, less humid, 82. Partly cloudy, beautiful day for Friday and 83. 79 Saturday, some scattered showers and storms develop, but then it dries out for Sunday. Upper 70s for highs both Saturday and Sunday. We're back in the lower 80s early next week. Today's the sixth day in a row, Joe, with 90 degrees or warmer. Yesterday, of course, we hit 100. Right now, heading for a high of 96. We're at 93. Thank you. Thank you. From uh, Fox News and the New York Post, the New York Times Magazine editor-in-chief Jake Silverstein incorrectly shared Obama-era pictures of children sleeping in enclosed cages to take a swipe at the Trump administration. 
It turned out the photographs were published by the Arizona Republic in 2014 after authorities detained over a 1,000 children who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border illegally and they were placed in a detention facility. All of these photos are disturbing, but the first two are especially awful, Silverstein wrote in the tweet, along with a link headlined, First Glimpse of Immigrant Children at Holding Facility. Silverstein, Steinstein, eventually deleted his tweet and blamed being with his family for the embarrassment. Correction, this link, which was going around this morning, is from 2014. Still disturbing, of course, but only indirectly related to current situation, Silverstein tweeted. My bad, and a good reminder not to retweet things while distracted with family on the weekend. I guess to a lefty, that's an apology. Right, and they can get away with it. The New York Times did not respond to a request for comment. Silverstein was widely criticized for the blunder, and his correction received over 1,400 responses, ranging from followers referring to the Times as fake news to followers criticizing the editor for blaming his family. It <laughs> is kind of a weak deal to blame the family. Yeah, huh? thanks. This is what happens when you throw away your journalistic standards in favor of political bias. These are comments now from the tweet world, which I innately despise. Social media fans <clears throat> chiming in. I think we were just better off as a human race without social media. What? It's not been enlightening. It's not, it's not provided wisdom. It hasn't brought peace and togetherness. I guess it's been enlightening in the sense that it has been so revealing of so much stupidity. I guess you could call that enlightening, but not enlightening in the, in the sense of, of the enlightenment. No, the, the bad outweighs the good. In an attempt to attack, Attack Trump's zero tolerance policy toward parents and children crossing the border illegally. Ex-Obama speechwriter John Favreau and activist Linda Sarsour and Sean King also tweeted Obama-era pictures showing the kids in one of the enclosures and criticized the government for neglecting the children. Like Silverstein, they also initially made it appear the photos were taken recently. Uh, Anti-Trump Twitter was particularly reckless over Memorial Day weekend as the Obama-era photos of caged children is only one example. Uh, CNN contributor April Ryan was mocked for tweeting a headline without context to a story in The Root that asked if the Trump, uh, that asked if the Trump administration is involved in child sex trafficking. Ooh. Is the Trump administration running a child trafficking ring? Follow me down the rabbit hole, Ryan wrote, without explaining to her 337,000 followers that the story's outcome was that conspiracy is not true. Well, of course it's not true. You know, Trump might be many things, but do you think, he's, do you think he and the guys are running a child trafficking sex scheme? Uh, just like Hillary, I do not believe Hillary Rodham no, Clinton is as well. I, I don't think she is. One of Ryan's CNN colleagues attempted to defend her by saying the article was a thought experiment and not to be taken literally. B as in B, S as in S. The, the, the standards are so lacking here that, uh, well, that's why I like the New York Times for the obituaries only. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. 
Well, we are enlightened by Twitter, I guess. You learn that Roseanne is a Roseanne Barr is a complete fool, and you you have the Sunday magazine editor of the New York Times revealing what many people have already understood about the New York Times, and then I have another one coming up that's a doozy mm-hmm. that involves the uh, the public, oh. uh, an absolute uh, doozy. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul Minneapolis. It's 89, and uh, according to Dave Dahl, the rain could be moving in.